Good afternoon. This is Mr. Quick with the DMCI Personal Finance Podcast. This podcast is a companion to the Google Slides presentations and videos posted to the Google Classroom. This is an audio option for students interested in hearing the lessons and can be listened to along with viewing the Google Slides. Today we continue our look at financial institutions with banking basics. Now before we jump into today's lesson, let's quickly review what we talked about yesterday. Yesterday, we looked at how financial institutions are not the same. We looked at banks, credit unions, brokerage firms, both management and trust firms, and other financial services, including payday loans and PayPal. We dived a little deeper into payday loans and what you need to look out for if you ever need a loan. We also looked at the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada, an agency that will continuously pop up throughout this course. We also looked at security of financial institutions. We compared banks and credit unions, and we looked at how they are regulated, and we looked at how banks are federally regulated according to the Bank Act, and credit unions are regulated provincially under the Financial Institutions Regulations Branch of Manitoba. Now, how much money is insured? We learned that banks only insure up to a maximum of $100,000, while credit unions insure the entire amount. Other financial institutions we looked at, including PayPal, mortgage companies, loan agencies, business banks, investment banks, robo-advisors, and insurance companies. This lesson will focus on everything you need to know to open a personal bank account that is right for you. First, you will learn some of the key banking terms you will need to know in order to evaluate the financial services offered by banks and credit unions. Then, you will explore how to find checking and savings accounts that are right for you and determine what you need to do to open your own account. Now, going to a bank or credit union for the first time can be intimidating for a variety of reasons. Some individuals fear they will be judged based on the amount of money they have or do not have. Others fear looking foolish if they do not know what to do or what certain terms mean. You are already one step ahead because you are taking this course and listening to this podcast and building your financial literacy. If you are uncomfortable going to a bank or credit union by yourself, ask a friend or a parent or guardian to come with you. At many banks and credit unions, if you are under 18, you may need a parent or guardian signature to access certain services. And remember, banks and credit unions are there to serve their customers and members, and they will generally go out of their way to make you feel comfortable and informed. If they don't, you can always take your business elsewhere. Before you start looking at different types of bank accounts, you should understand some of the terminology specific to the banking world. Now we're going to look at a number of key banking terms that you may need to know to really understand and make good financial decisions regarding your bank or credit union. Now, a deposit is a sum of money placed or kept in a bank account, usually to gain interest. 
The opposite of that is a withdrawal, which involves removing funds from a bank account savings plan or trust. A transaction is a completed agreement between a buyer and a seller to exchange goods or services. Another type of transaction is an electronic transfer, transferring money from one bank account to another without paper money or paper money changing hands. A debit card is a card issued by a bank that allows the holder to send money electronically to another bank. Service fees are fees charged to customers for something specific like banking charges or the use of an ATM. An overdraft protection is an option offered in bank accounts that prevents checks, ATMs or debit card transactions as well as wire and electronic transactions causing the account balance to fall below zero. A check which you may or may not have ever heard of, are printed forms of is a printed form instead of money used to make payments from your bank account. Now I used to work at Costco and I always thought, oh checks, they're outdated. No one uses checks anymore. I was surprised by the number of people that use checks at Costco. Why? Because they are small business owners and they use checks because they provide a really good receipt not just from the store, but for your business. And what they like to do is called balancing the checkbook. So they go back and look at all their transactions and their checks to make sure everything lines up. So business checks are actually quite common for small businesses. Another thing you may look at is certified checks. And that is a type of check for which the issuing bank guarantees there will be enough cash available when the receipt when the recipient decides to use the check. It also verifies the signature on the check. Now, a certified check is something you may consider if you are renting or if you decide to go into real estate. Having previously worked in real estate, it is important to ask for a certified check if you are using a check to pay the rent. Why? Because it guarantees that, that there's enough cash in that account. And that is really important as a small business owner that you are maintaining your income. Now, a certified check again verifies that signature. Now, you can, if you are in real estate, you can ask your, your renter to provide you with three, six, or possibly 12 months worth of checks if you have an annual lease. Now, if it's month to month, you can only ask for each month at that time. If you have an annual lease or an annual rental, annual rental agreement, you can discuss payment options with your tenant. But a certified check is just a little bit more of a guarantee and a little bit less risk when dealing with checks. So consider that if you are going into real estate or if you are a business owner looking at using checks. Now there's also something called a bank draft and a bank draft is a check withdrawn from a bank on its own funds by another bank. Another thing you may run into or hopefully don't run into is non-sufficient funds and this refers to the status of a checking account that does not have enough money to cover a transaction. And, and another one is the safety deposit box, which is an individually secured container that stays in a safe or a vault of federally insured banks or credit unions. Now those last two non-sufficient funds and safety deposit boxes I wanted to bring up because 
when you are no longer on a student account with your bank, you may be upgrading to a basic account or an advanced account that requires you to pay a fee. Now, sometimes these accounts offer perks or additional services for cost, and that could include something like covering non-sufficient funds through overdraft protection and offering you a safety deposit box. Now, knowing what those are is really important so that you know what you're paying for. Other key banking terms to consider are interest rates, which is a portion of a loan that is charged as interest to a borrower that is expressed as a percentage of the loan outstanding. Now, this works two ways. You can receive interest and you can pay interest if you are loaning money from a bank. That means you're going to a bank to borrow money from them. You are going to pay interest. If you are taking your money and investing it in the bank, they are going to pay you interest because they are taking that money and borrowing it to somebody else. They are going to be paid interest, which is profit, and they share part of that profit with you. There's also online and mobile banking, which refers to any transaction that can be connected over the internet, generally through the bank's website. Mobile banking allows you to perform many of the same things Though instead of using a though instead using a mobile device, smartphone, or tablet, you also have an account balance, which is the amount of money present in a financial depository, such as checking or savings accounts. You have the teller or member service representative; those are the individuals that work at the bank that offer support or solutions to customers in accordance with the customer's customer service policies. You also have the ATM. I'm sure you've seen them all around the city. And it's a special computer that makes it suitable to control a bank account holder's funds, also known as an automated teller machine. So when you say, I need to go to the ATM machine, you are saying automated teller machine machine. So just say, you gotta go to the ATM. And the next two are debits and credits. Now a debit increases assets or expense accounts and decreases liability or equity accounts. What that means is, if you have a debit, it means money is coming out of your account. All right, so if you have $100 and you use your debit card to pay for something, you are being debited $50, or for whatever that thing is, is $50, you are debited that amount. So that amount is decreased from your bank account. Now credit is when you hear your banker say, I'll credit your checking account, it means that the transaction will increase your checking account balance. Conversely, if your bank debits your account, your checking account balance will decrease. Now, this is very interesting because I know when people talk about credit cards, they some people think that is like a debit card where they are paying with their credit card and money is decreased. Not so. Your money supply is actually increasing. And you may ask, Mr. Quick, what does that mean? When you use a credit card, you are borrowing money from the bank or from that that credit card company like MasterCard or Visa, you are borrowing it from them. So your money supply is increased. So say you are looking to buy a TV for $700 and you wanna use your credit card and you you hit tap with your credit card, the, you, don't, you may not have $700, but you are borrowing $700 from MasterCard, Visa, whatever credit card company that you're going to pay back later. So your money supply, your available, money has increased by $7. When you pay that credit card bill, you are debiting $700 from your account, so that money supply has 
decreased. So, so those are a few terms that you will need to know when banking. Now let's look at choosing the right account for you. If you decide to keep your money in a bank or credit union, the next decision you will need to make is what type or types of accounts you would like to open. The two most common types of bank accounts are checking accounts and savings accounts. Now a checking account is a deposit account used for day-to-day -day spending. It is a checking account because they're before debit cards came along, writing checks was the primary way individuals paid for items when they were not using cash. You can deposit and withdraw money from a checking account and if you wish, your checking account can be connected to your debit card. Some banks and credit unions also pay a low interest rate on the balance in your checking account. Now when you are looking for a checking account, you may consider the following steps. Now the FCAC or the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada suggests that you go through the following three steps when shopping for a checking account. Number one, identify your, your banking habits. Number two, shop around. Number three, make a final decision. So when you're looking to identify your banking habits, consider how often you bank. Add up the number of transactions you typically do in a month and make sure that your number is included in your banking package. Right now, this is really important and I have a bit of a story because I've fallen into this, this uh, situation before. Now, when I was younger, I was no longer, or I graduated and I was no longer a student and I had to get off the student plan and I was just looking, just give me the easiest, the basic, the, the simple checking account with the lowest fees, right? I don't wanna pay much in fees and they said okay here's the account it's five dollars a month and I said okay well it's you know it's not zero but it's better than you know ten or fifteen dollars a month so I'll take five dollars a month but you only have 15 transactions I said well that's fine right and they said well after that you pay 25 cents per transaction or a dollar per transaction or whatever it was and I said oh, that's fine I'll just keep it within 15 that's not hard if I I'll just take out cash I'll go to the teller I'll make a couple of my transactions, cash, and then I'll just deal with cash. Well, if you have a debit card, you find yourself just a lot easier to upload the, the, the card onto your phone and then just tap everywhere, right? I also have the Apple Watch, so tapping there and you just tap everywhere. It's a lot easier than, well, let me get the right cash. Oh, I only have to change. And I hate carrying change in my pocket. I hate dimes and nickels and, and quarters. I don't like carrying that stuff. So... I just thought, I was, I'm, you know, I'm cheap. I'm just going to get the $5 plan. I'll do the 15 transactions. I got nothing to worry about. Well, I get my statement a few months later. Each month, I, I'm, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm keeping another 15. Maybe I'm going one or two above and nothing, nothing major. And a couple months go by and I'm, you know, it's like, oh, I'll just keep doing my regular thing. I'm making a little more transactions possibly, not really paying attention. And I'm, okay, get my get my statement and it's $15 my statement and I go what I'm supposed to be paying $5 a month what's this $15 I look and I went over my transaction limit and oh geez I totally you know I, I must, have, must have spaced on this I must have missed a couple things and oh $15 like what the heck 
So I was like, you know what? I really need to look at what accounts are available to me. And it was there, I found the account that cost, or that was unlimited transactions, unlimited monthly transactions. Didn't charge you the 25 cents or a dollar, whatever it was per transaction after 15, it was unlimited. And I look at the price, it was $7. So had I spent that $2 at the beginning, and I would have saved $10. So don't always just go with the simplest or the first or the cheapest checking account. Look for the one that matches you. Look at your transactions, look at your spending habits, look at what you need, right? Right now I'm in the process of looking for other accounts as well. I'm looking at something that includes free e-transfers, right? Maybe a safety deposit box or throw in something or overdraft protection for a little bit extra, right? Keep your costs in mind. Another thing you want to consider is where you bank. Do you prefer to use an ATM or the bank online over the phone or in the branch? Make sure your preferences is available at the bank or credit union you consider where you bank. This is important because when you look at banks, they're available across Canada because they are federally regulated. Credit unions are provincially regulated, which means they usually only exist within that province. So if you're a member of a Cinnaboyne credit union, you can't, or there isn't a Cinnaboyne credit union in BC or in Ontario, because they're not federally regulated, they are provincially regulated. Now this comes into play if you travel, right? If you travel Canada a lot, you may want to consider a bank over a credit union. It's also important to note that credit unions have a agreement with each other that you can use ATMs across Canada at any credit union. Now this is really important because when I moved to Vancouver, I went to Vancouver, I have a credit union and there's no assembling credit union out of Vancouver. But doing my research, I found that they have this agreement so I was able to access any ATM, any credit union ATM. Now, are they as popular as an RBC or a TD Bank? No, they are quite hard to find. So just consider that, consider where you bank. Think about what features you need. Search for a checking account that offers any additional features you might need, such as a personalized check, overdraft protection, safety deposit box, online spending trackers. Now this is again, very important to consider because if you like the app or technology aspect of banking, you might wanna consider a bank over a credit union. Credit unions often don't have the best applications. So you might have to go to a third-party budget app to track your spending, while something like Scotiabank might provide you a more in-depth spending breakdown. So they'll say, you spent this much on food, this much on grocery, this much going out, this much on entertainment, etc. Which is very helpful to understand your spending habits and how you can save money. Now, another thing you need to do is shop around. Think about the services you need and look for a bank or credit union that meets these needs. Remember, it's your money, right? The banks want your money, so they're gonna do what they can to make you happy. So if you're not happy at one bank, back up and go, all right? You get to make the decisions here. 
Now, in the Google Slides, I provided you with a link to the FCAC account comparison tool, which allows you to compare checking accounts across different banks in Manitoba. So that way you can find the account that best suits your needs. Now from there, after you find the bank account, you're gonna make your final decision. Make sure you understand what is included in the account and how much you will pay. Be sure to ask about monthly fees, the number of types of transactions included, extra fees that may be charged for certain transactions or if you go over the limit, discounts on fees, discounts if you're a youth or student, extra fees if you use financial institutions, ATMs, right? Ask, right? There's no, there's no wrong questions. There's no stupid questions. It's just you need to know to make the best financial decisions you can make, right? This is your money. So make a choice based on the services that are important to you. Think about things like customer service, ease of use, cost, access. Consider these things when looking for a checking account. Next, we're going to look at savings accounts. A savings account is a deposit account used for saving for unexpected expenses or larger purchases in the future. Savings accounts allow for deposits and withdrawals as well. However, ideally, you are making more deposits than withdrawals or you will not save very much. Banks and credit unions generally pay a modest interest rate on the balance of your account and may even offer a variety of savings accounts that offer higher interest rates if you meet certain criteria. Now the FCAC suggests you consider the following items when shopping for a savings account. You may want to consider minimum deposits. Some accounts may require you to keep a minimum amount in your savings account in order to get the interest advertised. Interest rates are the higher the interest rate, the more money you will earn. Sometimes financial institutions offer high interest introductory rates that only run for a specific time period. Service fees, you do not usually pay monthly fees to have a savings account. However, you may still pay fees for withdrawals or transfers and you may have limited transactions. If you need to access your savings account, you can do so through a nearby automated telling machine or can you manage your account online? So consider how you access the money in your savings account. And think about how your financial institution calculates interest. Make sure you understand the terms of your account agreement to find out how your financial institution will apply your interest. Some financial institutions apply two or more different interest rates to your balance, simple and compound interest. Now, when we go back to the first point of minimum deposits, some interest accounts, some interest rate accounts or high interest uh, savings accounts will offer certain interest rates at certain deposit amounts. So if you have $500, it could be 0.65% interest rate, but if you have $1,000, it's 0.9. And if you have $100,000, it's 2% interest rates. So you have to be aware of the minimum deposits. Another thing you have to be aware of is the service fees that yes, they may not charge you a monthly fee. However, they may charge you for every time you withdraw, right? It might be a dollar, two, three dollars every time you withdraw to keep you from withdrawing the money, right? So it could also work for you to choose a high withdrawal fee to keep you from using it as a checking account, right? You may want to consider having a higher 
withdrawal fee so that you are more likely just to keep that money in there to save. And then when you finally reach that goal, that $2 fee isn't that bad if you're removing thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars from that account to pay for your dream house or your car or your retirement. Consider simple or compound interest. Now we'll get into more detail with simple and compound interest when we talk about investments. It is very interesting. But to put it basically is that simple interest is just interest on the principal amount. So if you invest $100 at 10%, you get a dollar or ten dollars ten dollars I had to bring up my calculator so if you invest a hundred dollars and you have ten percent interest rate you have ten dollars so the next month you have a hundred and ten dollars in your account however your simple interest rate will only apply to your principal of a hundred dollars Compounding interest is different. Compounding interest will take that $100 that you invest at 10% and you have $10. So you have $110 in your account. Now what happens next month is, is you're not charged interest on the principal amount, right? That, so that $100 you first invested, you are charged interest on the compounding amount, which is you are now charged interest, the 10% on $110, which is $11. So the next month, you'll have $121 and so on and so forth. So that compounding continues to increase now. From what I understand, most banks offer compound interest. So if you are offered a simple interest account, walk out the door. Compound only. So those are things you want to consider when looking at a savings account. Many adults have both checking and savings accounts because they serve different purposes. If you pay for all your purchases and bills using your checking account, you can keep better track of what you are spending as well as your balance. Savings accounts should be used primarily for deposits so that you can continue to save. You should only withdraw money in an emergency or when you are ready to use that money for the purpose you have saved it for. Many individuals prefer to have all of their accounts, checking, savings, etc. at the same financial institutions because it can be easier to keep track of everything that way. Others prefer to shop around at various financial institutions and may be customers or members at multiple banks or credit unions. It is also worth noting that some banks and credit unions will also give you special rates if you have multiple accounts with them to thank you for your loyalty. But remember, you will need to do what's best for your money, for what you think is best for yourself. If you feel that shopping around at different banks is best for you, do that. If you want to shop around and bring that information back to your bank, do that. The worst thing they can say is, no, we can't offer that. And then you go back to the other bank, right? Play a little hardball. Remember, it's your money. You don't have to be loyal to the bank. They don't owe you anything. 
alright? Make them loyal to you. They want your money, they want your business, they have to earn it. So how do you open a bank account? Under Canadian law, everyone has the right to open a personal banking account. The Financial Consumer Agency of Canada outlines your rights and responsibilities related to opening an account. You can open an account even if you do not have a job, you do not have money to put in the account right away, or you have declared bankruptcy. Now, I don't know if any of you have declared bankruptcy, but there's some information for you. Now, how do you open up a bank account? To open a bank account, you have to go to the bank in person and show the bank some identification. Now, there are three different combinations of IDs you can use. You have three choices, and I'm going to go through the list. So there's list A and there's list B. So the first thing, the first combination is show two pieces of ID from list A. List A includes Canadian driver's license, Canadian current passport, Canadian birth certificate, social insurance number card, old age security card with your SIN number on it, status or treaty card, provincial or territorial health insurance card. This, however, cannot be used in Manitoba because there is no picture on the Manitoba health card. A certificate of Canadian citizenship or a certificate of naturalization or the permanent resident card or an immigration refugee and citizenship Canada IRCC form. So the first combination is showing two pieces of ID from list A. So you can show a driver's license and a passport or a birth certificate. The other option is show one piece of ID from list A and one piece of ID from list B. List B includes employee ID card with your picture on it, debit card or bank card with your name and signature on it, a Canadian credit card with your name and signature on it, a client card from the National Institute for the Blind with your picture on it, or a current foreign passport. Note that a financial institution has the right to refuse to open an account for you if they suspect you have committed a crime related to any bank, if you harass or threaten a bank employee, or if you've shown false identification. So simply put, when you go to the bank, just be a good person. Be nice. Don't be demanding. Remember that person behind the counter they're just doing their job, okay? So just be aware of that. You don't want to have bad relationships with your bank because they'll kick you out. Okay, so another combination is show one piece of ID from list A and one piece of ID from list B. So you can show your driver's license and a Canadian credit card with your name and signature on it or a passport and an employee ID card. And the other option is show one piece of ID from list A and have someone in good standing with the bank or in the community confirm that you are who you say you are. So you can get a teacher, a lawyer, a judge, a city councilor, an MLA, an MP, someone who has good standing in the community with the bank or in the community to confirm who you are. Right? So you can have a driver's license and a letter from your MLA saying that you are who you are and that you can be trusted with that information.
let's quickly review what we talked about in today's lesson, banking basics. So we looked at checking accounts. We looked at key banking terms. We also looked at savings accounts and choosing the right account for you and the steps to open your own bank account. Thank you for listening to today's podcast and have a wonderful afternoon.